Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live program we put on every week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of the news of the week, what's going on in the world, what's going on in politics, and just kind of taking a look at all the weird competing narratives, potential psychological operations, and uh, not potential, but absolute psychological operations uh, that seem to be occurring on a daily basis. We actually have a really big show where we've uh, been able to tie together a lot of stuff that we've been watching going on for the last few weeks, and we finally have kind of reached the uh, level of information where we can tie it together in a way that makes a lot of sense to everybody, and we're not just making suppositions, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. Mm, we'll see. I hope so. <laughs> so... Uh, we've got, obviously, some coverage of Joe Biden's town hall, which was a rambling nightmare of insanity, uh, peppered with some really ridiculous lies, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. But additionally, uh, you know, we've got uh, some interesting stuff about uh, spying from an Israeli company, probably Israeli Israel itself, and talking about uh, the FBI, because they're a news story. Which is weird, because that's the opposite of how the FBI is supposed to work, as far as I'm told. But the FBI just can't seem to not be a news story, mostly because it's been entirely weaponized by the deep state. And we're going to get in and explain to you uh, not only how that's happening, what it means, and how it's absolutely true. Uh, But we've got some small stories that I kind of want to go over. Just some stuff that's sort of gone viral, as the kids say, on the internet, and... You know, really uh, just, you know, kind of kind of started off with that. Um, There's a video that's been circulating around as of yesterday where uh, the left is attempting to make a hero out of a Montana fishing fly fishing guide or some such not true statement of what this guy is uh, confronting Tucker Carlson, because Tucker Carlson is uh, for those of you who don't know, Tucker Carlson's an avid fly fisherman. Uh, He loves fly fishing. Uh, And apparently he's up in Montana, he's on vacation, and he went in and some guy confronted him. And luckily there was a camera present. Oh, good. Which which is, I'm not actually sure whose camera it is. Because in the video, in the video confrontation, Tucker looks over and smiles at this camera. It's just, uh, one of the things that I would like, if there was something I could impart on the audience that I think is a really good thing, is always, 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 when you're watching a video... Ask yourself why a camera is there. Now, for some things, obviously, when they are seemingly newsworthy, it makes a lot of sense that someone would pull out their cell phone and be like, oh, my God, I have to get this on tape. But then there are a lot of incidents that we see that go viral, that are pushed by the news media, where you take a look at it and you have to ask yourself the question, why is someone recording this? Exactly. Like, why is there... where did this person come from? Mm-hmm. Is it, I mean, it's it's always a good question. When did this person come from? Why did the recording start right now? Was there more before this that I'm missing that would provide different context? You especially see this with videos of police brutality against minorities. The video almost always seems to start long after whatever confrontation t- took place and only shows something that someone wants you to see. Not necessarily every time it's dishonest, but if you wanted to be dishonest and push and present a dishonest take of some event, 
it'd be very easy to have footage that is maybe filmed in such a way that it presents a version of events that is not necessarily contextually honest. Certainly. And, you know, for uh, for context of something like that, uh, for those of you who are following us on the chat, which those of you who are currently not but would like to, you can do so by going to Spreaker.com forward slash show forward slash wrong think radio live uh, and follow us on there and see the chat. I'm going to drop a link uh, to a tweet that's in there from Senator uh, Michael Bennett. Uh, and this is a really good example. He's the U.S. Senator for Colorado. And mm. there's a picture that he posted. So it, <laughs> I, I love this. This is the perfect example of that kind of thing. So Senator Bennett is leaned up against an antique tractor. And there's a picture of a beautiful mountain behind him. And he's in a nicely pressed shirt and mm. tucked into a pair of jeans. And he's sitting there smiling on a cell phone. It Lovely. is just fantastic and his tweet has the text of president biden tracked me down in the north folk fork valley to talk about the child tax credit uh yeah right so my god it's just how lucky was he uh that while he was supposedly i don't know i guess farming or some such nonsense uh in colorado how lucky was he to have a camera available that was able to professionally take this photograph when he just so happened to receive. Oh, and he's on his cell phone. That's the whole idea is the picture is being taken because he's on the phone with the president. Is this guy a politician? Yeah, he's a senator. He's the senator from Colorado. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like this is a trope that everybody knows that's been in every TV show and movie of the politician that stages photo ops to make it look like they're one of the people. Mm -hmm. So let's, I mean that, that it's one of these things that should surprise no one that this sort of thing happens. Well, right. But well, and to that point though, it is such a trope that it's like, dude, why would you do like, why would you think that now in 2021, why would you think that you could get away with this? <laughs> like what the hell makes you think, that, like, no one's going to notice what you're doing. Right. It's almost offensive that <laughs> it's almost offensive that nobody sits there and goes, Senator, everyone's going to know that this is a jackass photo op. Maybe maybe don't do that. But sure. the reality of why that happens and, and some of this is is kind of, you know, sort of a sub theme, I guess, is what we'll call it for the show. Actually, like for most of our shows is the reason why that doesn't happen and it might drive you in the audience a little crazy when you sit there and think about it and go like, why are these people so blatantly stupid? Oh, it makes me insane. Well, the reality is, is because people in D.C. actually do think Americans are dumb. Like, that's why is somebody looked at this and some intern or some press you know, spokesperson or whomever sat down in this senator's office and was like, let's get a picture of you in a like checkered shirt tucked into a pair of jeans leaned up against an old tractor you know with the mountains behind you because that's going to get all of those silly dummy dumbs in rural Colorado who don't have Xerox machines uh to think you're one of them because they're stupid and that's what they want right. to see right that's 
That's exactly how that happened. It's a an advertising firm came up with this idea. It didn't. It's not a natural thing that someone would do. Yeah, and all politicians do it. This isn't even like a party thing. It's just all politicians. Yeah, it's, just, it's branding, do it. and it's, it's just branding. It's best... your brand is you're the like senator from Colorado representing uh, rural folk. Let's uh like that clearly means we need pictures of you like this. Yeah, and I don't know anything about this uh, specific about uh, about Senator Bennett, but I bet he owns uh-huh. like just just spitballing dead series. I haven't looked up this guy at all because I don't care. Uh, but I bet he's like from like the wealthy part of like Denver or some some garbage, you know, <laughs> like Let's he probably see. never set foot in a farm anywhere, you know, but maybe he did. It, it's possible. Um, yeah, he's the son of a former State Department official and president of Wesleyan University. He worked for the Ohio governor. Yeah, he um, he was born in New Delhi, India, interestingly enough. Oh, hmm. oh, State Department official, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Father was born in New Jersey. Um, he grew up in Washington D.C. Oh, come on. Let's see. I I actually don't. Let's see. He um, looks like he only. Let's, really? Okay. He moved to Colorado in 1997. All right. Okay. So he's lived there for like 20 something years. Yeah, I guess I, I will. We'll Whatever. It. He's still a Democrat. <laughs> he's still a traitor to America. I don't really care. <laughs> so, I guess we'll allow it. Um, I mean, it, which which actually makes this all the more egregious. If this was a guy who is a Republican, at least they notionally do try to stand do stand for things that heritage Americans actually represent. This guy's a Democrat and trying to affect this rural "I'm one of the people" atmosphere, while at the same time trying to actively pursuing a set of policies that seeks to demean, demoralize, and destroy those very people at the same time. Is is what pushes this from cringy to actually insulting. It's like this guy's like, right. I'm one of the people. Now let me tell you why I need to confiscate all of their guns, why I need to displace them all with mass immigration, why I need to make sure that they can't speak freely, live freely, that they're all taxed to hell, that they're that their communities are overrun by crime and homelessness. Let me tell you about how I, how me and my party want to destroy everything that the people that I am trying to look like in this photo actually want for their lives. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm just one of you rural folk out here just living life free on the prairie. Now, here's why we need massive government overreach to ensure no one can live free on the prairie. <laughs> well, the, the best part is, too, is... The, the kind of person that would legitimately have that property in that antique tractor and likely drive something like a pickup truck would be looked on with absolute disgust, called a racist, and probably, like, if they met that senator, that senator would probably turn around, like, that guy would go up and say, like, I don't agree with this stuff that you're supporting, senator. He would immediately, like, lean over to someone and say, uh, make sure the FBI gets that gentleman's name. Yeah, who is this guy and why is he talking to me? Who's this guy? It's gross. Somebody get me some hand sanitizer. Also, put him on a watch list because he's probably one of, you know, them. Oh, you're driving a pickup truck and not a Tesla? Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> we don't want you in our party. <laughs> so, uh, Colleen has chimed in on our chat with the Nancy Pelosi quote that I should probably cut in to our opening theme where she crazily goes, good morning, 
Sunday morning, like randomly in like one of the weirdest interviews ever. I should cut that in because we do a Sunday morning show. Anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge that because now it's in my head. So that was the story. So back back to the Tucker Carlson thing. Um, that's the whole deal here is it looks weird, right? There, so somebody's recording the video, which immediately makes me a little suspicious, but fine, whatever. It's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, and it's also the, like, what dude in... It's a stretch to tell me that some fat white dude in rural, what is this, Montana? Yeah. Yeah, is really going to have that much of an issue with what Tucker Carlson says. Right. If anything, it'd be like, I don't think you're going hard enough against the globalist. Like, <laughs> that would be what I would expect from Montana man. Yeah, which is what they're calling him, Montana man. Mr. Carlson, I think you're a cuck. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But. The, the reality is, so this, uh, the, the long story short on this is uh, this guy, the Montana man, um, really, 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 really smacks as a plant. Almost immediately, um, groups like Occupy Democrats posted this video. And so what most likely occurred here was... You know, Tucker Carlson's off doing his vacation thing. Some liberal journalist or who the hell ever, you know, is is watching him or, or, or knows his schedule for whatever reason and sent some activist after him. Now, this guy is actually uh, the, the guy that they're calling Montana Man is actually uh, linked to the Asia Foundation. And so oh, people and what's want, the what is yeah. the Asia Foundation? So the Asia Foundation, it's supposed to obviously be some it's supposed to be a, the the guise of it is it is a foundation that is supposed to encourage collaboration with Asian countries. And this guy worked on it because he was doing stuff for like rivers and streams and wildlife, because this guy does actually like work for national parks. He, he does seem to have like a connection to um, wildlife conservation and things like that the problem with the asia foundation is it's entirely funded by the central intelligence agency oh which isn't weird i just want everyone to understand that's not that weird people act like it's really super weird because like this is just that's kind of a normal aspect of a lot of non-government organizations absolutely have ties to intelligence gathering activities because to be completely fair about how things like the Central Intelligence Agency works is influence operations. So, like, places that would encourage, like, business investment in areas around, say, communist countries is an intelligence activity that could be done for national security purposes. Like, what I, I guess what I'm trying to get across here is, like, don't misunderstand that this guy is necessarily like a spy for the CIA. He Why is the CIA be... doing operations on American soil? Well, they're they're not. This was he worked for the Asia Foundation in Asia. Why is he not in Asia? Because he's not working for them now. Oh, it was a past tense. Worked. <laughs> still, if someone worked for the CIA, I'm still very suspicious of them. Just no, 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 forever but... now. The, the, the suspicion is warranted, right? He worked for a group that was affiliated with the CIA. That needs to be noted solely for the purpose of the amount of weird intelligence connections to, like, the, the amount of times that national-level national intelligence groups are tied to 
going after conservatives is notable. Not even on a conspiratorial level. It's just notable. Uh, You know, we're going to talk later in the program about the FBI and things that they're doing. Obviously, when it comes to people like Tucker Carlson, this becomes even more notable because of the accusations that the NSA was collecting his uh, text messages and emails. And now you have right. a guy that was affiliated with an organization that was affiliated. I mean, it's several, several things removed, it seems, that was affiliated with the Central Intelligence Agency and funded by it. It's a little weird. Like, you could turn this into a Hollywood movie with a plot line that this guy's like a sleeper agent who, you know, drowns Tucker Carlson in a river because he's embarrassing the regime. And that would be a believable enough plot. I mean, it is pretty suspicious when you have a guy that formerly worked, that currently works for the U.S. government and formerly worked for the Defense Department, or not the former, that formerly worked for the CIA, accosting a U.S. journalist on camera under the guise that he's just a normal American citizen yeah. in Montana. Like this. All of this seems extremely suspicious and fishy and lends a lot of credence to this idea that that there are things like the deep state that are the intelligence community essentially working with the progressive movement to take control of America. Yeah, and harass opposition. Mm -hmm. It's like, how hard would it have been for the CIA to call the guy who formerly worked for them and say, hey, we need you to go harass harass opposition to the regime and you don't technically work for us now so it's going to be deniable yeah yeah i mean it seems very suspicious is all yeah i mean it's it's weird and i don't see any reason why it would ever be a bad thing for people to regularly just kind of question why we have certain activities like this you know like like the asia foundation yeah yeah like there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with Americans going, okay, so we had that. That's kind of weird. Do we still have that? Why do we have that? What does it do? Why is the CIA parading around pretending? Like, why are they funding something that's supposed to be about, like, Asian investment and development of, like, natural resources, blah, 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 blah. What's it do now? You know? Because yeah. the concept, the lie, and this is going to be a good segue into one of, uh, into our next topic— but the lie is is that these like non-government organizations are supposed to be non-government organizations, like not affiliated with the United States government. But then you find out that they're funded by the U.S. government. And it's the same thing with these private entities. Part of what, what we brought up uh, weeks ago is, you know, with all of this talk of extremism and, you know, domestic extremism, domestic terrorism is the greatest threat to national security, according to the FBI um, and other organizations. They're contracting uh, sometimes foreign organizations, but private companies to monitor uh, to monitor people's social media accounts and things like that for, quote, extremism. And the reason why they're using private companies is because private companies don't have to go get a warrant. They don't have to go through that pesky thing called the Constitution. And so the idea that the United States government is using private companies to collect data on U.S. citizens, specifically, by the way, to address them as extremists. 
Like that can't go that can't go without saying we're not talking about research here. This isn't a group that's doing research where they're just looking at Twitter trends to kind of see what people are talking about and suggest how information, how what they might consider to be misinformation could spread quickly. You know, that's not what this is. This isn't like a white paper. These are groups that are looking at specific people's social media accounts and reporting to government entities like the Pentagon. Which, by the way, the National Security Agency falls under mm-hmm. and then telling them, oh, the, the, these people are extremists. Uh, anybody who has this hashtag is a uh, domestic terrorist. Oh, which, by the way, should, should probably warrant monitoring, right? Yeah. So the, the reason why I bring that up is uh, there is, <laughs> it, it was it was revealed this week um, a couple of days ago that. Uh, That so this comes from Twitchy, a Pentagon contractor whose job is to investigate extremism in the military uh, actually was flagging the Google search term. The truth about black lives matter as white supremacy. So let me read the the article. This uh, comes from Brett T at Twitchy. It says, if you've been following Twitchy, you know there's been a concerted effort to address extremism in the armed forces. In February, the Department of Defense directed commanding officers and supervisors at all levels to conduct a one-day stand-down for training on extremism. And we don't mean left-wing extremism. The Washington Post's Matea Gold lamented that the post-riot effort to tackle extremism in the military largely overlooked veterans, many of whom... Which, uh, wait, which riot? Are these the Black Lives Matter riots that burned down every major city in the country last summer? Uh, Alan, those were peaceful protests. How dare you? Oops. Sorry. My bad. Yeah, great. Now we're on the list. Um, so anyway, it says that that it largely overlooked veterans, many of whom were present at the Capitol on January 6th. Oh, no. Radio host Vince Colonnese took a look at some of the materials circulated by Moonshot the contractor working with the Pentagon to investigate extremism in the military. There's a section entitled, quote, White Supremacy Search Trends in the United States, and among them is The Truth About Black Lives Matter. Apparently, searching Black Lives Matter is cool, but searching for the truth that it was co-founded by a self-described trained Marxist who just spent $1.4 million on a two-home compound in a neighborhood that's 1.4% black, is racist. Here's the description of the search term, Truth About Black Lives Matter, from Moonshot. Quote, This search suggests that the BLM movement has nefarious motives and is a disinformation narrative perpetuated by white supremacist groups to weaponize anti-BLM sentiment. While the search phrase appears innocuous, several books include it in their title and allege that the BLM movement is joined with Antifa burning and looting. These sources echo white supremacist disinformation narratives alleging that BLM protesters are trying to overthrow the republic and harm American citizens in a Marxist coup as a means of delegitimizing it. Multiple videos on YouTube also promote these narratives, in particular, the criminalization of BLM using the identical phrase. Didn't uh, like 52 people get murdered 
during those Black Lives Matter riots and billions of dollars of property damage, including what were, I think, dozens, if not over 100 statues of American history torn down because that that it that is what happened. Yeah, it is exactly what this person says. Oh, that they're, they're going to try and paint this like it was some sort of communist takeover. Yeah, but it is though. <laughs> well, it, it, that's that's they're going to try and tell people the reality of what happened, and that reality is, um, you know, inconvenient. <laughs> that's the last thing that you should do if you're a researcher who's basically. It, Okay, the last thing that you should do if you are a um oh, what 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 would you call it? If you're basically writing Pravda for the regime, uh the last thing that you should ever do is prove everything the right wing has ever said correct. And by that I mean uh when we started hearing people like General Milley and all this uh, the what what is it um uh the secretary of defense, what is it? Austin. When we started mm-hmm. hearing them talk about quote extremism in the military, when that happened on this program, we flat out said, this is to root out anybody who is against black lives matter, the Biden regime, anybody who doesn't go along with the progressive narrative. And here yeah. we have a company who is paid by your tax dollars. Just so you're aware but is paid by the Pentagon to make recommendations to the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, on what is and is not extremism. And apparently questioning Black Lives Matter at all is white mm. supremacy extremism, according to Moonshot. Now, understand the other Very aspect convenient. of what, what I was saying earlier. Moonshot is a private company, so they can make these recommendations to the Pentagon. They can share any amount of information they wish with the Pentagon to include Twitter handles, maybe even identity connections of people. So just think about this for a second. Let's let's say that they decide to do a full report on this, uh, the truth about Black Lives Matter. Well, okay, let's say that there's some contributor to a news site or maybe a, a popular Twitter handle of someone, just who who the hell ever, and they're the guy who is pushing this the most, right? They're the really popular one who constantly posts things about Black Lives Matter. Maybe they have, like, a, a, a Twitter um, account that's, you know, kind of like... Uh, what, what is it? Uh, Left wing watch or whatever. You know, they just do Black Lives Matter truth at Twitter, you know. <clears throat> and what is it? What happens if it comes out that this person is currently actively serving or is a veteran? Oh, and don't, they don't want to be that. They figure out who this person is like their absolute their actual identity. Moonshot does this doesn't have to get a warrant, doesn't have to do anything. And they go to what happens when these people go to the Department of Defense and say, John Smith, who, by the way, is a veteran of the United States Army or is currently serving in, you know, the first armored division, uh, actually has a Twitter that shares information about Black Lives Matter and about the fact that they're Marxists and that they've spent millions of dollars. That, the that they have a Twitter account and that they don't think the right things. Right. Well, exactly. What, is, what happens when it's like uh, this uh, military officer is not friendly with the regime? 
well, funny that you bring that up. HDX Soldier on our on our uh, chat just now said the DOD has a red team vetting social media of all incoming officers. Also, think about PAI God. and data scraping tools they might have availability. Uh, they they may have um, yeah. available. Yeah, yeah. But now that's one thing. Uh, bad, yes, and ridiculous, absolutely. Uh, where you know, oh, I'm sorry, you can't be an officer because one time you shared a Breitbart article, you know. <laughs> but to, okay, to you make, laugh, but that yeah, no, is the reality. I, I know, but what makes it worse is what happens to currently serving people who are posting really innocuous things like uh, Black Lives Matter it took all of the money that people donated to it and spent it on lavish homes. Mm-hmm. And then the DOD finds that, oh, well, that guy, you know, that that falls under what this private company says is extremism. Do you monitor him now? Because I understand the connections I'm making here. This company is claiming it's extremism. The United States government under the Biden regime has said that domestic terrorism and domestic extremism are the greatest threats to national security. So connect those two dots. Random guy on Twitter is just posting things. Is it really that far of a shot to suddenly say, oh, and now that guy's on a watch list? He is now being monitored by the National Security Agency because the DOD has determined that he could be an extremist. And it's okay to spy on him because who doesn't want to stop extremism, Alan? The terrorists, probably. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> what? What do you the Fourth Amendment? Do you want the terrorists to win? Exactly. And the reason why I like this story is we're not talking like the understand moonshot is not investigating like neo-Nazis that are out there posting things like Hitler did nothing wrong. And if only we could, you know, if only we could fire up the, uh, the ovens again, that, that this is not, this is not what we're talking about. This is a company that is literally saying that Google searching the truth about black lives matter is extremist activity. That's pretty, it's pretty frightening. What's annoying about it is years ago when it was more edgy content, we were telling everybody that this was not good. And there were a lot of people, a lot of your kind of milquetoast conservatives that didn't want to step up and get their, you know, get their hands dirty by defending people they may not like or they may not agree with. And now... Basic things like the truth about Black Lives Matter are called extremism. And we said that that was going to happen. And you're an idiot if you didn't know that that was going to happen. Right. And that's what actually infuriates me about it. I mean, not like I can do much about it now. Well, I mean, we could do. There there are things that can be done, but it's just why did the conservative movement not see this coming? Is infuriating. Because, oh, they banned Alex Jones and he says crazy stuff. Did you not think that they were going to come for you? Are you an idiot? Yes, they are idiots. That's yeah. exactly the point. It's just, anyway. So, no, it, it's it's ridiculous. This is really happening. And nobody wants to face it because they're going to have to take a huge risk for their uh, in their personal and private life. Yeah. You're, you're going to be... So you're not wrong, and I, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't want to um, diminish what you said about people taking risk in their personal and private life. That's very yeah. true, especially for average Americans. But also, when it comes to politicians, 
the risk that they take is CNN's going to say something mean about you. Yeah. Because the risk is very different. Ted Cruz's risk for defending Americans is very different than our risk for defending Americans. Because guess what? Ted Cruz isn't going to lose his job. True. Ted Cruz is the senator from Texas, and he'll probably get reelected. And that's perfectly fine. But he doesn't have a risk. If true, you say too many wrong things, you could lose your job because a mob of crazy leftists on the Internet could just find out information about you and try to get you to lose your job or ruin your life or harass you at home or harass your family. And these things have happened and will continue to happen. Yeah. And that's not wrong. Yeah. And that's the problem is. The people who don't face those kinds of risks aren't saying anything, and that is a severe issue. But it dovetails into something very interesting. I keep bringing up that Moonshot is a private company. Yeah. This is the exact kind of activity that we have been talking about when it comes to things like big tech, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Google. What would stop them from sharing your personal information with the United States government, if the government says, we think that this person might be uh, an extremist because th- this person might be an extremist because they're standing against the child tax credit. Yeah. Uh, and all the people in these companies will happily give all they don't they probably don't even have to call you an ex- extremist. They probably just simply have to say, hey, employee at Google, this person's a Republican. Do you want them to suffer? And that person at Google will go, I absolutely want them to suffer. How can I help you make them suffer? They will work together because the end goal of both these federal government goons and the creeps that work at these big companies is to make you is to is to make you suffer. That's what they want. They want you to suffer and they they don't have to twist each other's arms to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, it's not a high bar. <laughs> hey, do don't you hate those right wing tards? Oh, I hate them so much. Awesome. Uh, give me his address so bad things can happen. Yeah, basically, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. But the reason why I bring it up is this: this is exactly the kind of stuff that we were we've been talking about when we say that big tech needs to be handled. And there are so many of these weak-kneed conservatives that are like, oh, the free market. We can't. We can't stop Moonshot from giving giving entire dossiers of American citizens to the DOD so they can be collected and spied on because it's a private company. The Constitution. Oh, thank God. I'm so glad we have another example of the blessed Constitution being the reason why my rights can be trampled on. Which is exactly, apparently, how it was written to be used, it seems. Yeah. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not railing against the free market. I'm not railing against the Constitution. I'm telling you that the only time the free market and the Constitution ever get brought up by conservatives is when it's an excuse for why I am having my rights trampled. No, or an excuse as to why they can't take any action to protect the rights of American citizens. That's what, it, yeah, that's what I mean. It's their excuse for, yeah, it really sucks that you're being labeled as a terrorist and monitored by the National Security Agency, but, you know, the Constitution says, 
The Constitution says we can't do anything about it, so just keep giving your donations to the GOP, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll we'll do something about this when you vote us back into power again. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe we will. Maybe. Our track record on that is, is pretty poor, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, maybe we'll think about it next time. Maybe, maybe, maybe this time, guys. Give us another chance, and maybe we'll fix it. You certainly don't want those libs to get in power, because if they're in power— who knows what the then bad things will happen okay but you guys don't do anything when you're in power it's like you it's like it's like you're all on the same team and that team is not my team uh the best definition i've heard of the establishment gop is the establishment gop is progressivism driving the speed limit yes that's a actually very valid (laughs) so uh chris says that uh Conservatives say that any company acting on behalf of the government is limited by the same restrictions. Okay. Um, so show me the restrictions that are limiting Twitter, Google, Facebook, and Amazon because they actually all work on behalf of um, the government. They all have government contracts. They all get funded by government grants. And they've absolutely given data to the government um, for monitoring of potentially even U.S. citizens. All right. Okay. So this is the actual issue Mm -hmm. is we decided that monitoring citizens, private communications is, is wrong, is wrong. And it shouldn't happen. Is that you have a freedom to privacy to all these other things. And that's why we then enacted all of these protections for ourselves. So it's like, okay, the government has all these tools and ability to suppress your rights, but here's this big legal framework that makes it so it's hard for them to utilize those tools to protect your rights. Seems very reasonable. Okay, but then suddenly the U.S. government bypasses all of those rules that we said were important by going through a, by going through a loophole that is a private company. Mm-hmm. That's really the problem here. The problem right. is that they are going through a loophole to do the thing that we said they can't be allowed to do. Right. Now, and it, it doesn't matter whether it's a private company. It doesn't matter about any of that. What matters is that they are doing something that we have decided that they shouldn't do. Right. Yeah. They, and and I that's the and that's what I guess that's where I feel conservatism, conservatives, whoever it is, has truly failed. Is they have not is they have made this dis- weird distinction between, well, you know, I, I don't want them to do this thing, but it's if they do it through a different if they use a loophole, it has to be allowed. It's like no, we I we they shouldn't be able to do that. Right. Like, what, it, what and at the end of the day, honestly, what it all really boils down to is nobody would care. If you were saying things that are that the regime agrees with, it's this is only ever used as a tool to suppress dissent against the people in power. That is the and the fact that conservatives have refused to acknowledge that part is the real problem. It doesn't matter whether it's the government. It doesn't matter whether it's private industry. None of that matters. What truly matters is are dissenting views that are critical of the current regime in power being suppressed 
because that is the actual conservative principle that they're that they were trying to preserve with all of this stuff about free speech and free markets, etc. Is people have the freedom and right to dissent against the, the elected regime. That's the core principle. It doesn't. Now we have said, oh, the government is really the one that's going to do that. No, it that it doesn't matter who does it because that's the principle that's trying to be conserved, not this weird separation between government and bit. That's all a mechanism to preserve it. That's not the principle that's trying to be conserved. People need to be able to dissent against the government in order to have a functioning republic. That's the whole point. If if the East India Company was suppressing the colonies, would they still be able to, should they still have revolted against the king? Or would a bunch, or would Samuel Adams be out there going, guys, it's a private company. It's not the crown. It, the crown isn't the one that's collecting our taxes. It's the private company. We have to allow this. It's okay. It's all about freedom. Give me a break. Well, yeah, no, and and that's exactly it. I, I think that that's actually the perfect summation of of what I think a lot of people are trying to get across because because what's happening here is uh, there there's this interesting division uh, where you'll see a, a lot of I guess what we'll call it is like a lot of your um, America first folks um, will bring up things like this and, and what we're asking for like Alan put is what is the purpose of these like say these constitutional amendments what was the purpose of them and the, the purpose of them was to protect people against tyranny and what's happening here is this this is a standard liberal tactic that people have to understand this has been going on for years big tech is just the newest amalgamization uh, amalgamation of it the reason why i say that is remember groups like the anti-defamation league and the southern poverty law center these are non-governmental organizations. They were charities. The left would use them to go out and hunt down the enemies of progressivism, claim that they were extremists, and then the FBI, like law enforcement agencies like the FBI, would contract the Anti-Defamation League and the Southern Poverty Law Center and say, hey, you guys are experts on extremism. Tell us who we should be monitoring and tracking and punishing for extremism. And the SPLC and the ADL said, oh, well, anyone who doesn't vote Democrat is certainly an extremist. This is the perfect way that I can go after the political enemies of the Democrat Party and use law enforcement. And it's all OK because I'm a charity. Yeah, I can. The FBI can't go out during the, you know, talk about like, say, the 90s. The FBI couldn't go out and you know, basically say, who doesn't like Bill Clinton? Well, let's go, you know, let's go roll them up. And uh, I mean, they did, they did a few ways, uh, but like, let's get, let's go arrest anybody who doesn't like Bill Clinton. The FBI couldn't do that, but the anti-defamation league and the Southern poverty law center could suggest that those people might do something violent. And that gives the FBI the excuse. Well, that's just evolved because now we have big tech. And so big tech does all the heavy lifting. And that's the point that we're trying to make here. The, the reality of what's happening in this tactic is the liberals have weaponized 
private industry to go after their political enemies because it is sacrosanct for the right. They are trying to force conservatives into a corner where conservatives would have to negate the holiest of holies, which is my private business, my free market. And so what they did is they said, you know what would be you know, what would be great is what if we got private businesses to do all of the governmental tyranny for us and then conservatives would have to actually go against private business, which they would never want to do. Or they just have to remain silent and let us basically completely run them over. Yeah. No, they 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 had a goal in mind, and then they adopted this tactic because they knew that we would be defenseless against it. That's and, That was the plan. And so what it comes down to is a question of priorities. Is defending Google and Facebook's business more important than defending the rights of Americans. And don't, I would say no. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't misunderstand me. I understand the concern here. I understand the idea of growing the government, the, the worry about growing the government, giving the government the ability to uh, conduct more uh, um, activities where they're uh, meddling in in the free market. Trust me, I totally understand those things. We don't want more government regulation. The problem is, though, is they're just going to sidestep it then. Right. And you you also have to understand how much of your personal information these big tech companies have. If Facebook or Google or Twitter or who the hell ever wants to, in a matter of minutes... If the, you know, the Biden regime convinces everybody that disagreeing with him is terrorism. Those tech companies can immediately give your location to any law enforcement agency and it's over for you. It's that simple. Now, you know, would it be so bad? Would it be so bad if the conservative movement, you know, if they decided to draft uh, legislation that said that you have to absolutely respect the privacy of American citizens just in general. Like it is a requirement for any company that collects the personal information of an American citizen to protect that as some sort of sacrosanct thing as if, as if it was say their money selling somebody's credit card number on the internet is a crime because you can steal someone's money. Well, why isn't mm-hmm. their address? Why isn't their, you know, place of work? Why why aren't those things a crime if you have malicious intent? Well, you know, I mean, why like doxing an American citizen should be illegal. I don't understand why that's a problem for conservatives to deal with. That better be Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a, probably a prank call. <laughs> no, but that's Telemarker. that's that's the uh that that's that's the 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 overall there. Is is things things as simple as that. Doxing somebody. How's that not illegal? The claim well, is is well, you can just gather it by searching for it. Okay, why did you search for it? Because you wanted to harm them. 
Yeah, you wanted you because you knew there was a gang of leftists that were out there that would go out and intimidate them. Right. And yeah. so the you know it, that's that's kind of the subject that we're we're trying to get on. Yeah. At the end of the day, the country is in this in a state of civil war, and we will never have peace until that state of civil war goes away. It doesn't matter the rules we enact. It doesn't matter how the government functions. It doesn't matter how private business functions. At the end of the day. There are people out there trying to find as many loopholes and workarounds and bending of every rule that they can in order to hurt us and destroy the country and reform it into a something that we do not want and marginalize us so that we cannot stop it via peaceful means. They are trying to do that and they are they have a very they have a high degree of motivation to make that a reality. Mm-hmm. We this is like it's tr- like trying to achieve change within the system if the system itself is fundamentally broken. And I would say because the United States is in a current state of cold civil war, the system is fundamentally broken. No matter it doesn't like we enacted all these laws so that the government wouldn't be able to take action against you based on your dissent with government policy. And even though we tried that, here we are in a situation where the government is taking action against you for dissenting against government policy because they just found a loophole that allowed them to do it. The problem is not the rules that we have, the enforcement of those rules. The problem is that there are people that we have allowed into power that have a vested interest and motivation to do the things that we don't want them to do. That is the core problem. It doesn't matter how much power the government has if the government isn't going to use it against you. It doesn't matter the rules you put on the government if the government has a vested interest in using its power against you. That's the real problem. It's like if there's if there's a psychotic homeless guy on the street, it doesn't matter whether or not you lock your door, he'll break in through a window. The only way to solve that situation and be and return to safety is to not have that guy being a problem. Like, and I guess that's the we can talk all we want about the free market, whether we should protect it, about freedom of speech and what should the government be able to do? What should they not be able to do? What kind of rules should we have? We can talk endlessly about that. But at the end of the day, the real core problem is that there are people that want to do these things to us, that want to do do all of these bad things and they are trying as hard as they can to find every loophole to make them a reality the only like they're it can't be passively stopped we can't just make some rule and then go and then every you know every communist is going to go ah dang it they you know they enacted a rule that said the government can't crush dissent against a regime it doesn't like Ah, dang it well i guess we just have to stop and go away that's not going to happen. What what do you what do you say to all of these people that have willingly opened our borders to flood us with illegal immigrants to diminish the ability for our heritage Americans to vote themselves out of this mess? Like what when it's like ah dang it they built a wall I guess we abandon the entire plan we've been working towards and allow ourselves to be defeated. The, these people are not going to allow themselves to be defeated. They have to be actively defeated through active measures that actively and permanently reduce, prevent their ability to do these things. It, it can't just be, well, we voted these people in power. I guess everything's just going to be fine forever because the bad guys are just going to give up and go home. 
they are home. They are fighting to transform their home into something that they want. They're not going to retreat. They're not going to leave the country. They're not going to go somewhere else. They are. They have decided that this is the plot of land that they want to take and hold for eternity, that this is their home that they are going to fight for, but it's our home too. And we need to stake our claim and fight for it as if we can't retreat anywhere else. The idea that conservatives can just sort of let this stuff go, well, the coasts have fallen, well, Okay, all these progressive cities have fallen. We'll just keep retreating to the countryside. We'll retreat back to Texas. We'll retreat back to Idaho. We'll retreat back to red states. And and just all that is doing is seeding territory. This is the progressive ratchet. It only ratchets one direction as until that ratchet is broken. Think of it. What has to happen so that Columbus Day is celebrated across the country and I never have to hear Indigenous Peoples Day again? What has to happen so that all of the gun laws get returned, get revoked? What has to happen so that all those statues that were toppled last summer get put back up? That is the goal. The goal is not simply to sit sit aside and hope they come for you last. The goal is to actively pursue a measure that reverses and breaks their hold on the system. The ratchet should work towards us. We should build a system that will inevitably and inexorably over time ratchet the United States back into a country we want to live in in its entirety. Not just the red states, not just the rural areas, but everywhere in the... Our goal should be to ratchet America into a place that we want to live in in its entirety. They are ratcheting, the, have set us up that it, the country is inexorably ratcheting into something we don't want and we cannot push back against it until we break that ratchet. That is, that's, that is my take that a lot of conservatives seem to ignore is that they seem to want to ignore that we are on this inexorable trajectory in a direction we don't want and only very active measures that actively pursue a reversal of these policies and direction, which is a huge ask and takes a lot of effort and will, is the only way forward that does not result in an eventual complete defeat. No one is coming to save us. There is going to be no great reset if we all just sit sit around and do nothing. We have to force it to happen it won't happen on its own. Well, and and understand that I, I think I think a really good thing to point out with with that profound um, kind of focus that you just gave. Thank you. It is that everything that you listed out, right? You, you listed out a series of things um, that w- that would need to basically be reversed, and ultimately, what I think gets missed a lot by the conservative movement is they they de- they stupidly and by the conservative movement i'm sorry i i mean primarily uh the politicians and and members of like the gop they debate what the subject the left is claiming is uh meaning like okay for instance you brought up like the statues right or columbus day 
you'll see these Republicans stupidly get wrapped up in a debate about like, oh, well, you know, like the, the concern, like, uh, OK, it's Confederate generals and sure they were bad and blah, 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 whatever. Or, well, Columbus did do some stuff that was pretty disagreeable. I mean, the no- gays just want to get married. I mean, well, it's just none of that. None of that is the actual debate you're they they, they're they're like lost in this idea that the left actually cares about any of those things because they don't the reason why they're doing any of it one is literally in a lot of ways it's just the exercise of power it is just the exercise of power pure and simple in a lot of ways but number two they are hollowing out anything that is defined as American. Like You keep hearing Allen use the term heritage Americans. They are trying to take away, think back to when you were a kid. Think back to like, say, around Thanksgiving. And there was the play where you guys would dress up as pilgrims and people would dress up as Indians. And they would do a play where they talked about, uh, you know, the first meal that was shared, you know, at Jamestown. It was the cute little... Uh, you know, the cute little history lesson where all the kids dressed up or, you know, Columbus Day and kids would chant, you know, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. It's our history. It's how we share our history that builds to a homogenous American culture. That is what they are targeting, because if you take all of that away, then you get to define the American culture. Because guess what that culture is? Those traditions, that culture, and all of those are all of the bulwarks against the progressive nonsense. You can't learn about the pilgrims coming to this country without learning about religious persecution by a tyrannical king. You can't Hmm. learn about Columbus screwing up and, you know, going to different places and, you know, like traveling the world. Without learning about man's absolute, like, the the glory that is exploration and the fact that human beings are driven to explore and discover and, and, and home, you know, homestead. You look at Columbus and you look at that, that voyage and learn about how insane it was and how hard and difficult those things were. And then you learn about things like Lewis and Clark and the Spanish expeditions. And you realize that there is this absolutely natural and human hunger to constantly explore, to find new things, to place their feet on new ground. And then you would understand the westward expansion of America. Then you would understand how, by the way... You start like looking at the foundations of this country and you realize that it wasn't like just a bunch of peaceful Indians all sitting around loving each other. And then the angry white man showed up. They can't have you learn any of that because it goes against the lies that they're trying to push. It makes life less simple for them. They need it to be simple. These people were bad and these other people were good. And there was no gray area ever, 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 ever. The people I don't like are inherently evil, and so you can't even learn about it because then you might make the wrong decision. Yeah. And that's what it is. But conservatives lose that meta and global, like, obvious argument, and they sit there and go, well, let's talk about the minutia of the thing you're saying. No! 
attack the goddamn core of it. Yeah. And that's why. Now, with all of that being said, there's an interesting thing that happened this week that seems opposite. And I want people to understand it's we just had an entire conversation about how what we really want from like the GOP and, and the conservative movement and who, who the hell ever, whatever de- definitions and words you want to use for these people, how we want them to defend basically just just America, just defend American people. And I, I'm going to make this a, a, a little bit um, backed up here. Defend flyover America, because that's really mm-hmm. what it is. Everything that's not the coastal areas, you know, defend those people. And all we're asking is I just want the representatives of the United States government to defend the American people, to care about America as a country and as a nation, and, you know, to to care about our founding principles, what we stand for, and what every American needs. Just care about us more than anybody else. That is honestly the core of the whole America first movement that is being derided as racist and awful and terrible and gross is they're literally just saying, I just want my, I just want my representatives in the government to care about me more than anyone else. Sure. And here's where it gets interesting. There was a large explosion, um, among people on the right because Ben and Jerry's the ice cream company that nobody should give a shit about, uh, Ben and Jerry's made a decision that they were no longer going to sell their ice cream in what they call Palestinian-occupied territories. In other words, the definition of that is areas where Israel has built settlements that are considered parts of Palestine. How uh, how much ice cream do you think was being exported to the Gaza Strip? So I don't know, but given that it's hot as hell there, I would like to think a lot. But I'm also constantly told that the Palestinians are just living in squalor because of the evil Jews. So I'm yeah, not Don't sure. they have a blockade? Don't the, aren't, isn't Israel blockading these Palestinian areas? Uh, like how, how would Ben and Jerry's ice cream even get to the West Bank? Well, see, this is, this is where it gets you know, kind of fascinating, to be honest, uh, is... Obviously, a lot of what you've heard isn't true <laughs> because right. apparently, you know, uh, apparently ben, ben and Jerry's ice cream is easily sold in these areas. You know, so maybe it's not as crazy as everybody wants to claim. Sure. If that makes sense. No, no. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think no, that there's no, that large I, of a blockade. I think um, nobody, nobody in these areas was buying Ben and Jerry's. I think that, that they didn't stand okay. to lose any money making this decision. I think this is entirely just a dumb virtue signaling point with mm-hmm. zero risk, like the people on the progressive side do all the time. Now, so that I, I see the point you were getting to. That that is a very good point. Because, like, I, I see what you're saying, which is, yes, like, was this that big of a deal? Now, granted, understand they're banning the sale of it to Jews in these areas okay. because because Ooh, it would be it, it not, would be the not uh, the poor Jews. Well, OK, so here's what's funny. Number one, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the reactions of it. One thing I have to note. Ben and Jerry are Ben Cohen and jerry greenfield so 
let's just I'm I'm surprised because like that I always thought that that was well known, but they're they're Jews. So yeah. let's start there before we start getting into the whole reactions of Ben and Jerry's anti-Semitic decision. Like, oh, okay, okay. Shut up. I'm tired of any. I am so tired of every activity that people look at that's mean to Israel immediately being called anti-Semitic. And let me explain why. Because that's what we like to call identity politics. And I thought everybody on the right was against identity politics. And you You don't get to pick and choose. If you're against identity politics, then you don't get to scream racist, homophobe, transphobe. Or anti-Semitic, because it's the same thing. And it's stupid, and I hate it, because you're buying the left's premise. You're screeching anti-Semitic about two Jewish guys supporting Palestine. Right. And I hate you for that, because all you're doing... All you're doing is saying, you know what? The left is actually right. Race and ethnicity absolutely matters as a calculation in every decision made. So finally, let let me start there. But the next point here now, Alan's right. This is a virtue signal and it's absolutely stupid and nobody should care who. Okay, Ben and Jerry's isn't going to sell ice cream to Jewish settlements that are that are in what they consider to be uh, Palestinian occupied territories. They're still going to sell it in Tel Aviv. They didn't go that far, but maybe they should. Yeah. Like I said, it's all virtue signaling nonsense. Right. Point is, the reaction, for example, chairwoman of the GOP, Rana Romney McDaniel, and as I've said for years on this program, why the hell do we trust Mitt Romney's niece with anything? But that's a different story for a different time. This is a tweet that she put out on the 22nd responding to this. Ben and Jerry's shameful move to boycott parts of Israel is an outgrowth of the anti-Semitic BDS movement. Now, I, I will say it is an outgrowth of the BDS movement. The BDS movement does not like the Jews. Those are all those are all very factual statements. The BDS movement is also tied to funding terrorist activities. All of those things are true. She goes on. State laws against this hateful movement should be applied wherever applicable to push back against Ben and Jerry's disgraceful decision. Disgraceful. So what we have here is the GOP chairwoman is saying that state governments should take action against a private company because they seem to be supporting the boycott divestment and sanctions movement by not selling by choosing not to sell their product in parts of Israel that they consider to be Palestinian territory I find it interesting okay. that this was an easy reaction for the Republican Party to seem to have because I've been told that we can't protect American citizens against the tyranny of private companies. Yeah. Right? 
so th- there are and by the way, so there are state laws and the way that these state laws work is there are some state laws in places like Florida uh, because Ron DeSantis made comments about this as well. There are state laws that say that the state for using Florida as the example, the state of Florida cannot do any business with companies that are connected to the BDS movement. If you support the, you know, uh, boycott, divestment and sanctions movement, the uh, state of Florida will not do any business with you. They will have nothing to do with you. Uh, they also You're- there's it, it goes a little bit deeper um, depending on on what you're what you're looking at um, in I, I, I guess in response to like how certain funding is done and uh, subsidiary companies. So like, for okay. example, Ben and Jerry's is owned by Unilever. This is mm-hmm. understand. This is a method of just state sanctioning and, and things of that nature, which is fine in one sense, except for the fact that it's a, it, it's an American company. And so I guess my question is this, how come the GOP can all coalesce together and say, you know what? State governments should absolutely punish this American company because they're saying mean things about Israel, but they him and haw when American citizens are being, you know, say when American citizens are saying, I don't know, you know, when they're, when their movements are being given to the federal government by people like Apple, when their phone records are being given to the government by groups like Apple, when they're being denied services by banking institutions because of their political bent. When, uh, huh. It's ridiculous. And the reason why I want to bring this up is much like what Alan was saying, number one, Virtue signaling nonsense from Ben and Jerry's. Number two, virtue signaling nonsense from the Republican Party. It is yeah. all virtue signaling. Dude, don't don't misunderstand. It absolutely is. And let's not like let, let's not pretend like any of this is truly profound because it just it isn't. But for all of these Americans that are currently sitting there, like all like, say, the 400 people that are like sitting in jails right now because they protested at the Capitol and got called terrorists or people who have lost their jobs because they got attacked, you know, uh, on on the Internet or which whichever direction you want to go with it. Just all of these Americans who have consistently been harassed and consistently been targeted by big tech and, and by other groups who are told, gosh, I wish we could do something, but it's a private company. And by the way, for the same example, just a couple weeks ago, we covered certain conservatives, people who we call the Never Trump movement, were absolutely upset over Ron DeSantis writing a law that said that schools can't teach critical race theory, which, by the way, that's actually less of a gray area because schools are government run. But that was that was terrible even though schools are government run it was a violation of the first amendment well where the hell are all of them saying that's a violation of the first amendment that there's laws that say that you can't boycott israel right now don't misunderstand me i'm not a fan nor do i support the bds movement whatsoever but where were all the free speech you know because there are conservatives that constantly kneecap us trying to fight progressivism, trying to fight the assault and tyranny of big tech, trying to fight the, uh, you know, deep state 
literally trying to criminalize us disagreeing with the regime. We're constantly told that the free that that free uh, the the First Amendment gets in the way of us trying to defend ourselves. Well, where the hell were they when they wrote these laws? Why is that law okay? The ultimate thing that I'm trying to get to here is the GOP will rush to defend Israel. Call any any anything against it anti-Semitic. Will write legislation to protect anybody who tries to harm Israel while America is under assault from within. They are more uncomfortable trying to write legislation that would protect the United States, trying to keep the the ability for Americans to live their lives normal, to have an opinion, to to just exist. They will him and haw over protecting us, but they'll protect a foreign country. Yeah. And so the question weird, has to it? be asked why. Now, I know a lot of it is because of lobbying. The American-Israeli Political Action Committee gives money to both sides of the aisle in incredible amounts. There is a ton of lobbying involved for between, uh, between Israel and the United States. And so there's millions of dollars changing hands for that because Israel wants America's support. And to be completely honest, they absolutely need America's support. And so that's understandable to an extent. Sure. But if you really want to know if conservatives, liberals and whoever really want to know why there is a group of people that are very skeptical about the influence of Israel in the United States, the people that they want to try to claim are neo-Nazis or they want to try to claim are white supremacists. These kinds of actions are absolutely what drives that type of that that could drive that type of extremism. Because what you're what what's happening right now is we just watched the entire GOP coalesce to defend Israel, a foreign country, against an American company. It doesn't matter anything else besides those basic points. Yet we didn't see that coalesce. We we didn't see them coalesce to defend Gab when Microsoft shut them down and kicked them off their platform, or when nope. Mastercard went after uh, Patreon, forced Patreon yep. to ban conservatives, we didn't see that happen. Yep. And so, to be completely honest, it's not unfair when people say, gosh, I kind of wish that I could be defended like the Jewish Israelis are. Yeah, I wish I, wish I could advocate for my own interests. Yep. I wish I could say, wow, I really don't like how white Americans are being targeted by government policy. I wish I could say that, but that would make me a white supremacist. Yeah, I, I, I wish, honestly, I, I, I wish Ronna Romney McDaniel would come out about, you know, CRT and the persecution of people during January 6th and the claims of extremism in the military. I wish she would come out and just absolutely with no questions asked, call it racism. If Ben and Jerry, if two Jews owning an ice cream company saying we don't want to sell our ice cream here can be called anti-Semitic, then why the hell can't you call racism racism? Why can't you just definitively say this is a racist policy and should be illegal? If you're going to play identity politics, can you at least maybe defend your own people with it? Well, 
this all assumes that they're actually on our to on our team. Well, <laughs> and that part is what is seeming to be revealed as actually a misjudgment on our part is a lot of these supposed conservative commentators that cannot shill for the left hard enough do not seem like they actually represent our interests, but simply seem like they have pulled the wool over everyone's eyes to get elected and maintain positions of power rather than doing, than actually representing us and our interests. It's almost as if a lot of these supposed conservative commentators, politicians, public figures do not feel that their personal fate is tied with the fate of us. It's like they feel that and somehow know that when the left eventually is successful and wins and transforms the country and does all the things that we're terrified they're going to do, that all these conservatives feel that their fate is not tied with us along those lines. That they're either going to be able to flee to some homeland or they're going to be able to be exempt from all of these policies. That is what is very strange because it is very weird for someone to believe in the things that conservatism preaches. That to be in opposition to the left yet not see that the left's wins in all of these areas are cumulative and represent a much more malicious and degenerative policy aimed at destroying the things they supposedly stand for. How can people like Ben Shapiro claim that they that free speech is important and yet not see the threat of the left in regards to free speech? And what I mean by that is whenever there is something like, the, OK, I've I've said this multiple times. Everybody, I don't know if some people might remember Jordan Peterson, the Canadian professor. There's people like Ben Shapiro, all of these folks that are big advocates of free speech, free speech, huzzah. And so and those same people will say, hey, it's crazy times right now. Your country is being taken over by these egalitarian communists. They, they're Marxists. They're leftists. They, they want to destroy free speech. They want to destroy freedom. They want to get rid of the free market. They want to get rid of freedom of religion. Oh, it's all there. Your country's getting taken over. And then we go, well, that sounds awful. If I'm listening to you, it sounds like I should... I don't know, elect someone that is going to stand in opposition to those policies and be able to take the fight to the enemy. Let's elect Donald Trump. And then they all go, oh, God, nothing but anything but that. I, I thought I was just I you were only supposed to complain about it. We're not actually supposed to do anything about it. You have things like Charlottesville, where a bunch of people said, I'm listening to what all these conservatives are saying. My country is being flooded with immigrants and my government's being taken over by people on the left that hate me. We need to organize a rally and and do something about us to stop the destruction of history and stop them having all these wins. And all of these people go, whoa, 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 whoa. Doing anything about all this is white supremacy. I just want you to keep listening to my podcast and buying my mugs and not actually take a stand against the things that are happening. Right. And well, yeah, because that I think is part of the big revelation. Some, some of this is predicated on a a conversation that I had with somebody this week, uh, where we were talking about the kind of, um, generational gap between 
uh, older Americans and like some of us younger Americans, kind of like the millennial boomer gap, for lack of a better way to to sure. define it. And it it was exactly this. Like <clears throat> Charlottesville is a good example. Any of these patriot rallies that occurred uh, to include January 6th, any rally where just like where conservatives finally were actually going out and like doing protests. Cause understand the tea party movement was hated by the establishment GOP. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, uh, any of the America first movement was hated by the establishment GOP. And, and, and what it comes down to is they just, they don't want to get their hands dirty. Right. Yeah. When's and, the last time a major conservative politician or commentator or anything stood behind any right-wing protest. Where were they in all the protests pro-Second Amendment? They were going, oh my gosh, it's so awful. All these people took their guns to the Capitol. They just should stay home. What about the anti-lockdown protests? Oh my gosh, it's so awful. All these people trying to you know, gather in an area to protest lockdowns. They look so silly and dumb. January 6th, oh my gosh, all these people going out to protest against a fraudulent election. They look so dumb. They should probably just stay home. That, to me indicates that they are nothing but controlled opposition. Maybe they are not controlled overtly, but they are still controlled somehow because they are simply a release valve for opposition. They are not an active participant that is making things move. Mm -hmm. They are just designed to take away focus rather than change the direction of the country. The the common thing that you'll see from a lot of conservative commentators— is I don't support boycotts. They'll say that's what the left does. That's what the left does. The left boycotts things. Can we boycott Ben and Jerry's? How how is it? How is a state law? Hey, that... if you boycott Ben and Jerry's, that is anti-Semitic because they're a Jewish company. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I know that that's going to come to a head. It's going to be like each side just accusing each other of anti-Semitism, and I don't care. Um, the Democrats are the real anti-Semites. Oh, I'm, well, that is certainly that certainly is going to be a thing. But it, it, it's what it, what it really is is like okay, so how. That's because you brought up Ben Shapiro, which is sort of funny because we are talking about Israel. So I feel like someone's going to be like, that's a dog whistle. Um, (laughs) But the the funny part about this is. Ben Shapiro constantly says he doesn't support boycotts. That was a huge thing, like when Nike, you know, picked Colin Kaepernick. One of the big things that Shapiro talked about was he doesn't support boycotts. He was not going to support boycotting Nike. He's you know, it's dumb. It's bad. I hate it, which. I, I think is the dumbest and most anti-free market take you can have. If you are truly a free market conservative, you would support the hell out of boycotts because it's you yeah. voting with your dollar. Yeah. Now, by boycotts, I mean you don't buy the product. Not like stupid protests outside the headquarters. I'm not necessarily against protests. I just think that they're extremely ineffectual when there's better things, you know, hurt a company financially for making stupid decisions. But part of the reason why you don't see all this pushback when it comes to conservatives is because they'll say exactly what Alan said. I don't support boycotts. That's what the left does. Okay. But a state sanction against an American company because they don't want to sell their ice cream somewhere. Like, how's that not a boycott? It is a boycott. It's a government sanctioned boycott and that's okay. That's what sanctions are, for God's sakes. 
Like, I don't care that anybody does this. Don't misunderstand. I don't, I don't necessarily care about it. I just want Americans to have the same rights. And I want conservatives to defend me like they're defending Israel right now. That's all I'm asking for. I don't give a crap about the state of Israel. I don't care, you know, that they do whatever it is that they do. I don't give a damn about their decisions when it comes to the Israel-Palestinian conflict. I just want my elected representatives to defend America the same way they defend Israel. Yeah, I want I mean, being the, anti-American the, to reach the same level of hate that supposedly being anti-Israel is. They made a word for it. If you question Israel at all, Republican members of Congress and of the GOP will call you an anti-Semite. But if you literally say that anybody who there, there was a sorry, there was a woman recently on Twitter that said, if you're pregnant right now and your child is a white male, you should get an abortion. I just want the same amount of anger towards that kind of hate as there is when somebody questions Israel. I at least want it to be equal. Yeah. I think that's not too much to ask. Because the reason why I'm saying it is if you're truly concerned about extremism, you're creating extremists with this double standard. The fact that people can't question a foreign country, but can literally just say the most vile and disgusting things about their own country, the United States, is weird and does actually breed skepticism. That is why. Mm-hmm. That is why people, that is why you have conspiracies where people believe that there is a cabal of Jewish elites that are like running the world and everybody's a puppet. That's why that exists. It exists because governments literally act like that's true. I'm not saying it's true before anybody puts me on some site. I'm saying that that's why those kind of conspiracies exist because you see that kind of rush. You see a coalescence of politicians getting together and saying, Ben and Jerry's is wrong for doing this, but we literally watched companies like beat Americans to a bloody pulp every day over their politics and nobody cares. That is exactly why you get people who go, oh, well, there must be something there. (laughs) Like it must be that they're, it must be that their masters are in Israel because that's really weird. I it's, uh, it's not, if someone makes that claim, it's not that crazy because if you look at how conservatives act, they they seem to only come out in force when someone says something negative about Israel, or at least a lot more so. It's like, how much has the United States been hurt by all of these lockdowns, by all of this policy that we know is a lie about COVID, all of these things, Black Lives Matter protests, the FBI being politically motivated. All of that is an incredible thing that the conservative movement should be jumping on but i have ron DeSantis over here finally getting do what's his big problem ben and jerry's is boycotting you know israel hey ron nobody cares how about we focus on america's problems first i there are guys who are being mistreated as if this they are in north korea in prison because of the january 6th protest how about how about you spare a little time for them, Ron? Yeah. Huh? Where's any polit- conservative politician going, 
these guys are being essentially brutalized in prison uh, because they protested against the government. Mm -hmm. They haven't even been like found guilty of a crime yet. Yet they've been in, locked in solitary confinement ever since January. What, where is any conservative politician caring about them? But no, they got to be out here. It's like, oh my gosh, but Israel though. Ted Cruz passing, we need to give billions of dollars to Israel so they can keep shooting down a Hamas rockets. Uh, Ted, isn't your state currently being overrun by illegal immigrants? No, no, we're not going to knock that. That's not an emergency, but making sure Israel, the country with free health care and a space and a civilian space program keeps getting American dollars to buy more rockets. How about they fund their own rockets, Ted? How about you? How about we spend American billions on solving the crisis that is ruining your state? Or do you actually represent Texas? Or does Ron DeSantis actually represent Florida? Do any of these conservatives actually represent us? Because it certainly seems like they don't. It seems like they, they say that they do when it is ex politically expedient, but they don't actually do the things that would truly make a difference to push the direction of the country back away from a continuing ratcheting down to the progressive hellhole. Yeah. All of, where's, where were all these politicians supporting Donald Trump? Huh? How about all of these conservative politicians that hemmed and hawed and took the politically expedient thing and go, well, I know we said that this election looked fraudulent and we're not going to certify the results of the Electoral College, but some uh, the, the QAnon shaman wandered around the Capitol? I guess we have to admit defeat and roll over and die. <laughs> I mean, yes. It's utterly ridiculous what they yeah. expect us to stomach. Now, now understand, you know, our, our stance pretty solidly is uh, we question every type of foreign investment, uh, especially when there are things in the country that we think need to be handled and should be prioritized. The reason why we specifically bring up Israel is it's the only one that pisses anybody off. Yeah, that's what we're pointing out. You know, if I said that we shouldn't be giving, you know, billions of dollars to Brazil, you know, or some part of like Latin America, I get a uh, medal. People would be like, no, you're absolutely right. Why are we spending that kind of money? Oh, my gosh. Goodness. Yeah. If I said welfare we states give... are a bad idea. Now, let's yeah. give more money to the Israeli welfare state. Yeah. If I said so, but if I if I say something and I've, I've tested this with friends of mine. But if I say, like, yeah, we shouldn't be giving billions of dollars to Israel, it's, oh, but they're our greatest ally. And, oh, my goodness, like, you know, strategic location, you know, the, the Middle East. And or honestly, it, it, yeah, it's mind-blowing when these people find out that it's like, yeah, they're a socialist country. Like, all the things that you claim the Democrats are trying to do to turn America into a socialist country, Israel already has. They have national health care. I'm pretty sure they do government-funded abortions. Like, these are real things. Yeah. And we should be upset about it. We bitch about Britain doing that. We we complain about how Britain has all of these crazy, like, you know, government-funded abortions. We complain about their national health care service being socialized medicine. But we cannot bring – we there is a country we can't bring up because the GOP still engages in identity politics. And it's because a lot of these politicians receive a good deal of money from Jewish advocacy groups like AIPAC, the ADL, etc. Well, and they'll be called they'll be called anti-Semitic. 
That's that's right. really what it is. They're and afraid... that's a death sentence to their career as a politician. Yeah. Because... When you talk about, oh, the Jewish lobby, it's like, no, that is a real thing, though. It's called the AI pack, and they give money to a bunch of politicians, and then they're then the other group, the ADL, will destroy the career of a politician if they say things that AI that the ADL doesn't like. Yeah. Nothing about that. That's not a conspiracy. Well, it is a conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's a conspiracy fact. That is yeah. what is going on, and that's what that's why these things are so hard to combat. Now, understand, I, I'm merely just jealous that Israel was this smart. I'm a little bit resentful that yeah. they have done such a good job subverting my country this way. But yeah, it's it's what I would want yeah, if like I, I was Jewish. I just I, I I just want America to push its natural its national interests as hard as we see Israel do. Like I'm not I'm not even they would be dumb not to do these things. Right. Like that's that's just the reality of it. You know, because, of course, you know, like, even right now, we're just, if if we were talking about any other country, I wouldn't even be concerned about it. But I have to, like, I, I'm, there's part of my brain that's like, ooh, be careful, be careful, be careful, just because it's Israel. And that's part of what's pissing people off. And this, just, this Ben and Jerry's story was a really good way to kind of showcase that. Yeah. If I was talking about the United Kingdom, I wouldn't think twice about making, saying any of these statements. Sure. But the fact that we're talking about Israel, which is, I'm told, not an ethno state, but supposedly anytime I say the word Israel, people say Jew. So it, it becomes anti-Semitism, even though supposedly it's not an ethno state. Because that logic makes sense somewhere. Yeah. Um, and anything that we just said about it, people could claim is anti-Semitic, even though it's not an ethno state, because that's what I'm told. Right. Yeah, you can't. Uh, it's it's so obvious once you see it. Yeah. Like I said, not I'm not even I'm not even anti-Israel necessarily. I'm just jealous. I just I just want our politicians. I just want to be able to have the same kind of national pride and I want I want the same amount of I, I want the same visceral reaction to hatred that comes at my country. Yeah. That's it. I just want to feel like someone is advocating for me and my interests mm -hmm. and not those of someone else. Well, I just want to be I just don't want to be lied to anymore. That's all I want. Is that so hard? Really? I mean, we would put together a group that could have the same funding power as the American Israeli Political Action Committee. But anytime we try to put a group like that together, it would be called domestic extremism and we would be disavowed by every Republican congressman because CNN said so. Well, of course, that's just I'm, how that would work. I'm, I'm like, I'm not even joking. Like, that's why we literally can't just do the same thing that they're doing. Yeah, because anytime you try to, it gets called racist and then nobody comes to defend you when, you know, no bank will let you open an account because you got called a racist by a group that hates you. And yeah. Oh, no, the racism. This is so funny, and it's like, yeah. This is funny because let's talk a little bit about the NSO group because part of the reason why we wanted to bring up all of these instances is because of the story that broke about the NSO group. Now, what the NSO, NSO group is, is they are a technology company based in Tel Aviv. And uh, almost certain that they are absolutely affiliated with the Israeli government. They develop 
information technology, primarily they develop software that is supposed to be used by law enforcement and governments to combat terrorism, drug trafficking, child sex trafficking, things of that nature. Okay. This is software that goes onto a cell phone and is able to monitor its activity, read its messages, read its... uh, read its text messages, emails, see its browsing history, the ability to actually utilize the camera and microphone to basically eavesdrop on conversations that are occurring around that phone. That is what this is, and it's called Pegasus. That's the name that's been given to the software. It is spyware. Right. An investigation by Amnesty International that was published by the Washington Post showed that several journalists had had their phones compromised by Pegasus malware developed by this company in Tel Aviv, as well as several politicians, the most notable for the West being Emmanuel Macron, the president of France. Cool. Other people like, you know, politicians uh, in Morocco, India, you know, a lot of Arab nations were also discovered to have had their phones compromised by this spyware. Supposedly, the NSO Group is a private company that develops the software and sells it to whomever they wish. Neat. I'm going to tell you that there's absolutely no way in hell that they are not affiliated with the Israeli government. There's no way that there's a private company that has developed such prolific ability to collect and monitor the activity of potential terrorists and the Israeli government doesn't have something to do with it. You're right. And simply from a self-interested position, if there was a U.S. company that had developed a technology, had developed a tool like this, you bet that you you just know the United States government would have a vested interest in acquiring, utilizing, or at least regulating that technology. Yes. Right. And, and that's, and that's a no brainer. What's fascinating. In fact, that is exactly what happens. Like the, there is a reason why companies that develop these sorts of software tools have ITAR or uh, international um, trafficking basically uh, requirements they can't export it they have to de- uh, they have all sorts of regulations they have to deal with because the united states government takes an interest in these sorts of tools right now the news has been out for a little while but it's been handled very strange in news media okay um there seems to be a lot of hesitation to handle the story and i think i may have figured out why by doing a, a little bit of research um, it's kind of fascinating. So the NSO, NSO group story broke, like I said, it came from Amnesty International and then it was published by the Washington Post. What seems to have come out of it is more and more uh, in this investigation, they're finding out people who were victims of this. And like I said, it was something like five or no, I'm sorry, 50,000 numbers were leaked. So there's wow. 50,000 numbers that were leaked of of supposedly targets that were being collected upon. Um, now, of those 50,000 numbers, they found several people that were journalists, uh, political activists, uh, members of NSO or NGO groups, uh, and obviously some high-level politicians, including the president of France. 
So one of the other things that was noted here was the initial denial that came from NSO group was that uh, none of the numbers that were leaked out were targets of Pegasus. That was their initial claim. Then their CEO came out with a statement that said anybody who's not a criminal shouldn't worry about this. Reassuring. And so there's this mixed messaging that's coming out of the NSO group, which was we developed this for law enforcement and governments to protect against terrorism, drug trafficking, blah, 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 blah. So the only people that are ever targeted by Pegasus malware are criminals that are engaging in terrorism, drug trafficking, sex trafficking, things of that nature. Then they claimed we don't know who's necessary or well, sorry, their their cl- initial claim was it is only used for law enforcement purposes and the NSO group can shut down anybody who's abusing this software. But then they claim that they don't know who all was being targeted by these governments. Then the CEO comes out and says, if you're not a criminal or a terrorist, you shouldn't be worried about whether or not or you shouldn't be worried about this happening. No, I'm going to I'm going to be worried about this. Yeah. Thank you. And what's fascinating is there are absolutely technology firms and uh, a public relations firm specifically that has come out and basically said the entire report is a lie. All of it. Interesting. Why would they say that? Well, it's funny because when I was doing research on this, there was an Associated Press article that the headline of it was more lies about uh, Pegasus malware published or something of that nature. And won't someone think of the 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 poor malware companies? They they had to put a, a thing at the bottom of this AP article that said that this was funded through a public relations firm that was through a client that's Q Technologies. QAnon technologies? Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's one of those, like, the Associated Press published an article that was like, this is all just lies and smears paid for by a public relations firm of Q Technologies who likely has a vested financial interest in NSO Group. Weird how that works, right? Yeah, you know, like, oh, okay, so you're just basically publishing Pravda. You know? But the point is, is that There is this large investigation that's happening. Now, it should concern everybody. This is the kind of stuff that we're talking about. And the reason why we just went so hard about the whole Israeli thing when it comes to Ben and Jerry's is there's a little bit of concern over how this might get handled because not Not because of the NSO group, not because they're based in Tel Aviv, and not because they're an Israeli company. Because in the United States, everyone is primed that if the word Israel is used and you say something negative, it's called anti-Semitism. That's the worst kind of Semitism. (laughs) And so there is absolutely a concern here. But the secondary part of it um, the, the secondary part of it is there is a lot of influence between the, t- between the governments when we're, when we're talking about, um, Israel in the United States, 
And there's a potential that there's a cyber weapon that was developed by the Israelis that could absolutely be being used against journalists or politicians or human rights, you know, uh, advocates. The question is, is, is there any potential that anybody in the United States government would do anything about it? Or are they going to basically turn a blind eye because they don't want to ruin the current relations that exist? Because that's what's happening with China. The United States government isn't doing a goddamn thing about China. In fact, it's funny because let me let me connect this real quick. There are there were absolutely uh, large scale hacking activity that came from China. Uh, the inf- the information security company has linked a private firm in China to doing uh, operations for the Ministry of State Security in China. And the Biden administration said, we're not going to sanction the Chinese because they're not supporting the operations. At worst, they're just allowing them to happen on their soil. Basically saying that's not reassuring. It's a private company, except hilariously, that's exactly what's happening with ransomware operations that are occurring in Russia. But we will sanction Russia. Yeah. And so that's the kind of stuff that we have to look at. You can't be mad about China being able to get away with murder because we don't want to affect the relationship and trade relationship that exists with China and not get upset over the idea that the NSO group might not get the scrutiny it well deserves because the United States government should take a stance that if any Americans' rights were violated by this malware, it should be a concern of national security. Either the Constitution matters or it doesn't. Foreign countries should not be allowed to violate the constitutional rights of American citizens. Is that too much to ask? Yes. Yes, it is. Because we use the Constitution to defend foreigners all the time. It's the reason why terrorists were given lawyers and trials. It's the reason why illegal immigrants cannot be prosecuted and just thrown back across the border because the minute they enter U.S. soil, they have constitutional rights. That's what we're told. Man, that's a really silly thing for us to do. So do we have constitutional rights against a foreign company and or government spying on us? Is the you would hope, right? going to defend us? Good question. That's all I want to know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Alan? Anything at all? No, other than it's very, very odd that this story about journalists, about all about, about essentially some number of governments using Israeli software to spy on citizens and especially journalists and people that are dissenting against these various regimes is not receiving a greater amount of scrutiny and public attention by the outlets that claim they stand so much for civil liberties. There are maybe many reasons for that. The fact that nobody wants to be accused of anti-Semitism is a possible explanation, but there are also other explanations. None of them are good. Why isn't this story receiving more coverage? Possibly because since this group will sell this tool to businesses 
Is it possible that a number of media companies have bought this tool to help them build stories? That they are using spyware tools to essentially track people to build stories or in essentially engage in almost corporate espionage, but for media purposes. That's possible. Is it possible that the U.S. government has stepped in and quietly asked these companies not to report on this because they're using these same tools? There's a lot of reasons for it, and none of them are good, but we should all be highly suspicious of tools like this and their employment, especially because this is a private company selling these tools there is potential that that is a, again, a workaround that is a loophole in the system where some government entity can get away with saying, we're not spying on American citizens. A foreign, a foreign company is spying on American citizens with this software, and we're simply buying data from this foreign company, which is totally legal. Right. That's wow. my worry. I, I, I think that that is the most likely scenario here. I don't, I don't think that it's some uh, great conspiracy where like the Israelis are telling every single you know media company that they're not allowed to talk about it. I, I well, especially because like the left would love uh, there are absolutely parts on the left that would absolutely love to make Israel a giant evil country. Sure. You know, because of the Palestinian support that exists on the left. Right. So it has Democrats to be something. Say again? Because as we all know, Democrats are the real anti-Semites. Yeah. If you guys don't get that joke, uh, that is commonly our usage for the dumbest argument in conservatism. <laughs> yeah. Democrats are the real racists. Okay, who cares? They know they're the, they know they're the real racists, but they're only calling you racist as a dishonest tactic. Yeah, well, they're the real anti-Semites, though. Yeah, they're only calling you an anti-Semite because it's a dishonest tactic. Well, they're they're the ones that really hate the poor. Yeah, and they're they they know that they know that <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> Everything the left says is is in bad faith, but there is this willingness and desire amongst conservatives to try and point out the hypocrisy. And like, there's a great basically cartoon i saw and it's a tombstone that says here lies conservatism wow can you imagine if this were the democrats it's like yeah <laughs> that, that's the exact thing i see a lot of people go can you imagine the hip if, if trump did this or if, if a republican did this or look at there's such hypocrites and the answer is yes yes they are hypocrites and they know they're hypocrites and they don't care because that hypocrisy is a shield that they use to push through things that you can't really fight against. It's it's a obfuscation tactic more than it is an actual diehard ideological concern. I think it's entirely possible that what we will learn from the NSO group information is, I bet a lot of media people backed off of it because they realized, hey guys, how do you think we've been collecting on these evil racist Trump supporters? How do you think the FBI was able to roll up 400 people that were at the Capitol protest? Good question. I think that that's what's going to come out. And the reason why I bring that up, and we're going to have to do this kind of quick because I have a couple of clips I also want to play. But I think uh, I think that that's going to come out. And part of it is because the FBI has abs is absolutely embroiled in scandal right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, what was it, uh, was the number? Was it four out of six? 
of the supposed people that were planning the kidnapping of Governor Whitmer. Uh, you know, suspiciously, that news that broke right before the election. Turns out four of the six people that were involved were FBI informants. I believe the, the number was actually six out of ten. Oh, I'm sorry. Six out of ten. That's my But bad. still, that means yeah. more than half the people involved in this crazy right-wing plot to kidnap Governor Whitner were federal informants. Yeah. And by the way— Like, that was it, a federal—that was basically you could start making the claim that a lot of these things are almost FBI operations yeah. that were never serious to begin with. There's— there was a report this week that the Boston bombers were federal informants, that they've never found the bomb maker for the Boston bombing. And they're not looking for him. Remember yes. the pipe bombs that went off on January 6th? They didn't go off. They were discovered. Oh, they were discovered. They discovered pipe bombs. Where was that? They were able to find hunt down every little old lady who was at the Capitol that day, but they can't find the guy that planted the pipe bombs. Was it a federal informant? Was it a federal agent that kind of dropped off some shady-looking devices behind a bush? Yeah. A lot of this is starting to look a lot more reasonable. Court documents are absolutely coming out where not only we're, – we're not saying that, like, it, this isn't like the movies where some federal informant was part of this group and was just listening in and wearing a wire and, you know, let, letting his uh, FBI handler know, hey, they're thinking about doing X, Y, and Z – the people that were federal informants were the ones that seemed to be driving the operation itself. The guy yes. who was training them in surveillance tactics, weapons handling, and uh, explosives ordnance was an Iraqi war veteran, was an Iraq war veteran who was an informant for the FBI. The guy who was driving the car was an informant for the FBI. The guy who was trying to encourage them about going through with it and conducting the planning and the pre the pre-reconnaissance of Governor Whitmer's residence was an FBI yeah. informant. Basically the people who were moving the chess pieces were FBI informants. Additionally, on Tucker Carlson this week, there was a member of the Department of Homeland Security who said that he was contacted by a member of the FBI who was trying to get him, who, who got him to go to the January 6th protest and tried to encourage him to enter the Capitol. He didn't. But there's absolutely testimony that's coming out now in these court cases during January 6th that a ton of the people involved there were FBI informants. In hmm. fact, the guy. Who leads the Proud Boys? Yep. Previously worked as an FBI informant. Yeah. Pretty whole, weird if you ask me. The FBI has a whole lot of people on payroll or working within operations for a lot of these. And it's at the point now where it is not insane to suggest that these may be false flag operations. No. No, it's not insane at all. Now... It's not I don't think it is a crazy thing to suggest. Well, let me think of a better way to phrase this. I don't think it's a crazy thing to suggest that the FBI absolutely would have created quote unquote extremism. So ba let me frame it this way. Trump happened and all of D.C. shit its pants. That's the reality of what occurred. 
Trump happened and DC shit its pants. They thought he was dangerous. He was crazy. And then somebody said, would someone please rid me of this meddlesome priest? And the reality is, is the federal government became convinced that Trump and his supporters were a threat, but they were never able to get the kind of things that they wanted. They're convinced that they are. They know that they're white supremacists. They know that they're extremists, but gosh, they must just be hiding it so well. Well, we know all of these things, so would it really be so bad if we just reached the inevitable conclusion faster and in a safe manner so we can finally arrest these people for the crimes we know that they're going to commit? Yeah. Now, there was a tweet that was put out that has drawn a little bit of attention. It was put out by the FBI earlier this week that said, protecting the United States from terrorist attacks is the FBI's top priority. We work closely with our partners to disrupt violent plots and keep our communities safe from harm. This is that's good. Given all of the kind of stuff that's going on and all of the times that the FBI has been referenced in basically activities targeting uh, just regular Americans. Everybody on Twitter basically goes, OK, so what's the FBI about to do? To include yeah. uh, Joe Dolio on Twitter, who says, you all know what usually happens a few days after they put uh, out these kinds of tweets, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, I bring that up because this was Joe Biden during a CNN town hall. In one weird exchange. Uh, here's here's the audio from that. QAnon. The idea that the Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children and do- no, I'm serious. That's QAnon. Why is the oh, QAnon. why are they talking about QAnon again? There's been nothing, because there's been nothing yeah. of consequence that's happened within Q, the QAnon movement. Nope. Lately. Ever. Well, ever. But certainly, like, th- there's just no reason for them to be in the conversation right now. But Joe Biden brought it up and then he brought it up again. He got uh, asked a question about defunding the police. And his response was, do you believe that I suck the blood of babies? Yeah. Now, we have to bring this up because understand if it was found out that Hunter Biden, in fact, did drink the blood of babies, uh, that news story would be blocked by Facebook, Twitter and Google. At the behest of the White House. Yeah. So there's and and Rachel Maddow brought up QAnon again when they were talking about the audits and all of these other things. So for some reason, there is a hunger on the left to make everybody in the right wing a crazy person in a crackpot conspiracy theorist. And there's several reasons why this might be. Some of which could be the fact that a lot of this information about the FBI is coming out, that they were basically that basically the FBI created any extremist event that you've heard about. Any claim Mm -hmm. of domestic extremism was created by the FBI. It could be that it could be the spying that occurred on Tucker Carlson by the same intelligence apparatus. It could be that it could be the results that are coming out because of these audits. Maybe they're trying to get ahead of it and make everybody. Maybe they are. Maybe someone is planning a false flag attack that is going to be blamed on QAnon 
And that's why QAnon is in the news right now mm-hmm. to get everybody primed to be- to believe that this an upcoming false flag attack was these deranged QAnon people who think the pre- thinks the president drinks baby's blood. And that's kind of well, it, it's going to be honest that that well that or not be honest, but that that's going to kind of be the final thought on here. We wanted to make sure to get that on audio because everything that we are seeing does in fact lead to the suggestion that there is going to be some event that likely has a bunch of FBI informants involved as we've just covered actually has happened in the past. And it's going to somehow be supposedly QAnon because there's no other reason why the media would want it in the forefront of Americans' minds. So keep your eyes peeled for that. The minute you hear about it, you should be suspicious and also ask your representatives to be because I'm sure they'll rush to every camera to disavow as soon as humanly possible, even though yes. it's probably an operation by the FBI. But that's going to be it for this week. Be sure to go to Spreaker.com and check out Wrong Think Radio and subscribe there and check us out at Subscribestar.com forward slash Wrong Think Radio as well. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.